Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pat and Rose Show. Uh, we've been having so much fun so far with the show. And today we take uh, yet another step into a new kind of category that we haven't really explored. And that's the land of social media. We talk about it a lot, but more from a content consumption point of view, not a content distribution. Today, we're talking with Mr. Jonathan Haynes, who doesn't necessarily want a job title, but he is an integral part of the team responsible for the social media surrounding the CrossFit Games. First of all, Rory, how are you? <laughs> I apologize, man. We, you know, I feel like uh, I could, couldn't just turn it on because I finally get to be in the same room with you for this intro. I was going to say, I, you must be doing well because I'm not going to lie, I was a, a bit melancholy. I don't know why. And then you were so passionate and fired up in that intro that I'm in a great mood right now. So I, I had a blast talking to Jonathan as well. I, I'm, I know just enough about social media to be dangerous, even though I, I work in it. I'm far from an expert. And his just kind of unique takes as to how he views the different platforms. He compares some of them to like, you know, uh, different party scenes and whatnot. I found it intriguing start to finish. All right. And now as we sit here right now, it's December 6th of 2017. The reason that we are such a uh, so belated in recording this is because uh, we're early in the game. We're just getting into this podcast thing and it's been a little slow to roll out. We're about four episodes or five episodes deep and Haynes was recorded months ago. So we had to update this introduction because there were some key uh, current events that were happening at the time that we recorded it. Right. I mean, right after, right before we recorded this, there was that tragic mass shooting in Las Vegas, which was on everybody's mind. So that crept into the conversation as well. And at that time, it was extremely timely. Now, I'm going to not be any more wordy than we need to be leading into Jonathan Haynes, but we will have a quick catch up with you guys on the backside of the episode to tell you about some exciting new stuff, how you can contact us and what you can expect coming up on the podcast of the Pat and Rose show. But without further ado, please enjoy this conversation that we had with Jonathan Haynes. I want, I thought you guys had like a song. We've got a little jingle. Are you ready? Three, two, three, two, one. Haynes, Jonathan, Haynes, and podcast. Here we go. Haynes and Jonathan, Haynes. <laughs> <laughs> and then with the Monday morning meeting, uh, Haynes. <laughs> I don't know how that started either, but uh, yeah. All right, hey, you know, Rory, bring us in. I am I am particularly excited uh, about a young man who I've been um, a friend and associate of since I think the first time we worked together was actually in Copenhagen in the same physical space. And um, since then, I've, I've kind of watched him um, become more and more involved in an integral part of the team uh, in many aspects. His name is Jonathan Haynes, and I'm going to actually let you, my friend, explain to the world what is it that you do. Cool. Um, so I am a part of the CrossFit social media team. So I help uh, strategize and execute uh, the conversations and uh, media pieces of content that go out. Uh, on social media as, as a part of the team there's i mean this, 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 so that's there's gonna a be, lot there that's going to be the meat of our conversation and i'll come back to this but 2.2 million followers on facebook um 700 plus on twitter 1.6 million on instagram so this is obviously going to be the lion's share but i think we should go backwards first right because yeah i mean i actually when we we're setting this up realized that i don't really know i've known you're working here for crossfit but i have no idea how you came to work for our company. So can you give us a quick little recap of, you know, how is it that you're sitting in this seat today? 
Cool. Yeah, a lot of people don't know a lot of things. Uh, they just kind of assume because well, I you're very you, you like to keep elusive. It that way. It's like a panther. <laughs> I see. I see what, uh. what, what you did there. That's another story. Um, but so in 2011, I was working for, or not really working for, kind of uh, collabing with another company that was working the games. Um, it was called Sigfit. I don't know if you've heard of that. I do. I remember um, that back in the day. Way yeah. back in the day. Um, but I was newly into CrossFit, very excited about anything and any everything involving the big brand and a local community. So I was working for uh, Sigfit, and they had brought me out to the CrossFit Games. And I didn't, before we left, I had seen a little bit on TV, but never really, wasn't really sure what it was or all the details. So um, I showed up in Carson and was working in the booth and interacting with all these really cool people. But I, like for the first day, I never saw any of the competition. So um, I remember on a Saturday or a Friday, whatever day the dog sled event was, I got some free time and walked down um, into the Coliseum to the front row, which was empty, and sat down. And as I sat down was when Chris Spieler, I don't know if you remember the dog sled. Oh, yeah, I remember that. uh, It was just this little guy was pushing this huge... um, sled across the floor and the crowd was just going crazy so um i was super caught up in the moment moment and pulled out my phone and started tweeting and just taking pictures and talking about what i was seeing and super excited and um, just putting out a lot of information about what what i had seen um but what i didn't know is that at the same time uh there were technical issues with the the live feed um at that time and the live stream had gone down and also, uh, the main, the CrossFit Games Twitter handle um, had reached his Twitter limit and, and been put in Twitter jail. Like it basically huh. Twitter tweeted, jail. tweeted <laughs> you're tweeting too much too fast and you'll get put on like a, a, 90, a 90 minute or 45 minute timeout on Which Twitter. Is, is that still a thing? It's still a thing. Oh, okay. Interesting. Okay. I've, done, I've done it twice. <laughs> um, so, so people that, found you. So cool. all of a sudden, the only person that's putting out live information about what's happening on the floor is me and that lasted for about 90 minutes to two hours um and so uh some of the the social media team with crossfit got caught wind of that and uh, started elevating and echoing retweeting my content and uh direct messaged me after that and uh i got to meet um uh russ green and a couple other people and just had that was my first interaction with anybody from crossfit and uh, in a very Russ Green way, like I was going to say, so your first interaction with CrossFit was Russ Green. Now, <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the listeners at home might not Warm know that, but that, that's going to go one of two ways. We had a very brief conversation, <laughs> surprise, and uh, then I heard nothing for a little bit, um, and then I went back to Austin uh, to work for. Uh, I was working at for CrossFit Central as well, and in uh, later that, I think that was in July, in October. Uh, we got a random phone call that somebody from HQ was looking for me and wanted me to work some UFC expo mm-hmm. thing uh, that CrossFit was doing. Like, uh, I don't know if you remember. I remember, yeah. Was it in Dallas or was it in... Uh... It was in Houston. Houston, yeah. Yeah, so uh, some all-stars from the CrossFit community came out and participated in an event. It was a small competition. Like a team thing, right? Yeah, like... it, was, it was a partner. It was a two-person team yeah. thing uh, at this expo. And it was cool. And I went and I... Cup, they just I showed up and 
someone was like, do your thing. <laughs> I was going to say, I bet there was not a lot of s- specific instructions given to you on what to do. Right. Well, I mean, cor- and correct me if I'm wrong, like w- was Twitter somewhat young at that point? It was super young. And what was interesting is I wasn't doing anything official. Like I was just there as me. Oh, and right. they were like, oh, just, you know, just do what you did at the games and talk about what you're seeing. And so I, I covered that from my personal handle. Um, and, um, and that was 11, 2011? I believe that was 11. Okay. And then after that, that was pretty much, I didn't hear any much after that. And, and then, then I, I saw you in Copenhagen the next year. So. Right. So I, I, but from that time, uh, after the October gig, I didn't hear anything, um, for a while. I mean, maybe a couple emails from Russ and then, uh, right before regionals, um, I remember getting a phone call and I was in Miami and I don't remember who it was, but they, they called and they just made sure I was, uh, like, is this Jonathan Ains? I'm like, yeah. And the second question was, do you have a passport? <laughs> and awesome. I was, and I was like, yeah. so perfectly HQ. And I was like, please hold for Greg Glassman. <laughs> I was like, yes. And they're like, cool. And this is, I don't remember who it is, but they was like, this is so-and-so. And uh, we're interested in contacting you for social media for the, the upcoming regionals. Can you fly to Copenhagen next week? And I was like, yes. Like, yeah <laughs> sure I'm, I'm into that so um that was my first real like um on the ground gig for for crossfit uh-huh. and i went to copenhagen i remember we had a blast it was it was a it was an awesome experience and uh that's back when social was going crazy for uh everywhere and i had a really i had a really cool team we did some cool stuff and a lot of people saw it yeah and um right after the Copenhagen gig, I got a call to do another regional. And and this this now, you would have been brought under the umbrella. Like, you're given the keys to the castle for CrossFit yes. properties? Okay. Yeah. So, so it's no was, longer Jonathan No, Haynes. it's no longer me. And yeah. I was uh, speaking on behalf of the brand, which was, which was big and exciting. Yeah. Um, and this is back when we had 17 regionals, which was... Wow. Uh, yeah. Seems like a lifetime ago. <laughs> but uh, basically, after the first regional, they I got another call to do another one. Um, and then after that one, I got a call to do another one. And then I was contracting part, uh, part time to, to work with the regionals. And after that, I got asked to come to the games and it's escalated, uh, to where this is like now my full time. You, you, you moved to Santa Cruz. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's big, uh, big news. August 30th. Yeah. Just yeah. got here. Which is now, so crazy. It is crazy. And, but, but in parallel with that also, like I, I, I want to talk about, uh, you being an Aggie, which is really kind of affecting our relationship. <laughs> But uh, so before going back that far, like in, in parallel with this, you also became an affiliate owner around that same time. Or, or tell me about mm-hmm. how you came to be an affiliate owner as well. Yeah, that's kind of an interesting story too. I um, I had been working, uh, I, I guess I started CrossFit in College Station right after I got out of college. And for Texas, for those who don't, who yeah, don't know. College yeah, College Station, Texas, yeah. I went to Texas A&M. And um, as soon as I got... I stayed around the city for a year and just knew I needed to get out and do something bigger. So I went and worked for CrossFit Central um, for three or four years. And um, I was kind of at a point where I was working. I was actually thinking about coming out to California um, to try this HQ thing. Um, so earlier. CrossFit was on your mind. Like, yeah. When you graduated college, did you know about CrossFit? Yeah. I, I didn't know what I wanted to do uh, after after I decided not to do anything professionally with football, mm-hmm. um, I was kind of just floundering. But I mean, like you knew of the existence of CrossFit oh, yeah. when you were like, I didn't yeah. find it until I was in my 
you know, late twenties. So I was a lifeguard after, after, uh, I was in, um, uh, after football. Okay. And one of my friends was just getting into CrossFit and he Best just summer job ever, by the way. Yeah. It's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and he would, he was doing CrossFit and he would talk about it all the time. Surprise. And said I had to try it. <laughs> did you go to in college station? Did you go to a CrossFit? Yeah. That was my first experience. I, my was first it, workout was Linda. Was it Seth McKinney's gym? Do you, do you know Seth McKinney? Uh, yeah, I know Seth McKinney. He didn't have a gym at that time. Okay, you know he does now. Yeah, so so, so he has a gym. Yeah, with that guy who was a lifeguard that brought me in the CrossFit. Oh no way! Yeah, Will. Shop. Do you know my connection with Seth McKinney? No. So he was Drew Brees's center at my high school. Oh wow! When they went to the state championship, that's crazy. So Seth and Drew went like they graduated, they won the state championship in '96. So I ran into him. And remember, we did the Big Sky events not too long ago, like yeah. the affiliate gatherings. And I run into Seth McKinney, who I was a freshman when he was a senior, and he was like, you know, up on a pedestal. But it was really cool to kind of run back into him. This dude was, um, I mean, he went on to be a, a legend, really. Um, so it's cool to run back into him and know that he's right. back in College Station. So me and Will were lifeguards together. Will brings me into CrossFit. Um, ends up, I trained under him for a while and, um, I had left Austin or I had left, I had left for Austin before he started his, his affiliate. Okay. Um, but he did that before I, before I started mine with my friends and he went in with Seth and cool. they're doing great. Uh, the gym's doing at Aggieland CrossFit. Yeah. 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 Um, okay. Sorry. So you, so, so you find it anyways and yeah, your tells it, you about it. Get soaked in it. Um, Linda was my first workout, which was awful. Makes perfect sense. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and at the time you weighed more? Oh yeah. Cause I was coming weight based. I was coming down from around two thirty. Oh, that sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Linda at two thirty, yeah. and whatever your deadlifts would be 500. You could probably yeah. do that. I was, I struggled with the whole thing. Like every single workout. I remember doing Helen, uh, and it was just horrible. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't like to run, but, uh, <laughs> I ended up going to uh, Austin and worked for Cross Central for a number of years um, and then moved on from that. Uh, and some buddies, about four or five of my close friends, wanted to start a, um affiliate. So I was kind of on the crux of like, do I go to California or do I stay in Austin for a little bit longer? And I uh, wanted to understand what it was to work with, work an affiliate brand. And so I did that. Um, we opened Cross with Yakar, who in 2014 yeah was it was that the same year we did the open announcement it was the following immediately following we were 50, either 15.2 yeah right okay wow yeah so we had opened in october of 2014 okay so yeah so, so people at home will recognize your gym um yeah. from when michelle Latondra and um and uh, Emily, Emily Bridgers, Bridgers went uh, head to head in fifteen two mm-hmm. in the super warm building. <laughs> oh, God, <laughs> it was terrible. Texas. Yeah, exactly. Were you on site for that row? Oh yeah, yeah. It was about like thirty degrees in there. Awesome space. Yeah, like super cool space. Um, that's great. And and um, and you grew. I mean, you guys did phenomenally well. Yeah, it, it was a crazy experience, and it really opened my eyes to what it what the affiliate side of CrossFit um, from a ownership or business standpoint and from like a local community and what it is to take that and develop that up and teach people like what you're about. Um, and I also ended up taking my level one, uh, in that process, which was another eye opening like pro, uh, experience. Cause I, I didn't, I didn't have any aspirations to be like a coach. Like I enjoyed working on the brand, but that the level one process, like 
expanded my or enriched my CrossFit experience. Like sure. that, I didn't expect that. And that was cool. I, I can see that in, in speaking to you about like, well, so you've got the affiliate owner side of things. Uh, you helped to build that brand and even some people within it, like your gymnastics coach, you did a great job of, uh, of, of helping her get, Jessica, get the yeah. word out. Jessica, what's her last name? Estrada. Estrada. Um, but even also then you had the competitive side because Yukaru did well at the regionals and stuff. So mm-hmm. I think it, it, it makes me jealous because sometimes that's my fear of like being extracted. I try and plug into local communities as much right. as I possibly can. Yeah. Oh, well, I got to see a lot of like the, the push pull and um, what you struggle with as, a, as an owner with making sure that you recognize athletes that excel in one way and still recognizing like your core community that just wants to get fit and wants to feel better and be healthy and, and balancing those two things. And it's, it's a, it's not an easy job. Yeah. What would be the quick advice to an affiliate owner that's currently experiencing that struggle of balance? Um, I would say it's very like the people that come into your gym and want to just be healthy and pick up their kids and, um, live like a a happy healthy life like it is so important to put time into them um it's not less important to like go after and celebrate the competitive athletes because you know it's it's that's a cool aspiration but like long-term health for everyone is 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 the goal and just remembering that and and emphasizing that and making those people feel comfortable uh you you can get a top-end athlete that uh will come in they'll come to the gym uh, no matter what, and they want to be there, and they want to work out, and that's easy to foster that that environment. But it's it's so hard and important to make somebody who really needs it feel comfortable. And I think that's where your focus should be, and everything else will fall in line. And I mean, I, I can see that. Um, I, it's that's that sentiment carries over to even what we do here, right? Like even yeah. even on CrossFit Games um, social media. That's still, especially at the beginning of the year, especially during the open or during these off season times, we do stuff like the team series. Um, I still think that that that's the base of the pyramid, right? Right. It's really cool to see uh, Matt Fraser just dominate by a, right. the biggest margin ever. But it's even cooler for me during the open when it's first double under. Hey, lost this much weight, and I'm giving competition a try. All, all that kind of stuff. So right. And it, what's interesting, you bring it out about bring that bring up at the first part of the year. Um, that's been mentioned to our team uh, about oh like it's it's only important in January about the rest of us and it's really been uh, an eye-opening focus like no it's actually that's not true yeah and to make that more to service that more in different ways because we encounter people throughout the year um, that are just discovering CrossFit and um, interested in in changing their lives and like we help start that conversation and point them in direction. And, um, there's not always, it's not always appropriate to, to put that on display. That's not what we're about, but it happens and it's something we want to continue to encourage. So we, we I think we try to mirror that, like fostering a, a, a welcoming, uh, opportunity for people to say, Hey, I like, I want to get off the couch. Yeah. That's what I was curious about because it can be easy. The big lifts, the, the jacked ripped athlete. I mean, that's easy to get wrapped up and post that frequently, right? right? So now, you know, your involvement in social media, how do you balance, okay, um, this many posts on you know, the, the game's podium, this many posts on, you know, this guy in his 70s doing a, a box jump, this many posts on the weight loss, we've got X amount of different platforms. Is there any kind of formula? Is it gut feeling um, of what gets presented to the world? I think it's, it's, it's a combination. So you don't want to get too far down 
either road. So you got to balance. Like if you if you go on your gut all the time, uh, you're gonna fall into a pattern. Then if you use your use a formula too much, that's gonna be a natural pattern in, mm-hmm. in itself. So I think it's important to to um, listening is the is the most important thing and understanding where the community is and then providing information that continues a conversation of where people are at and helps them move forward. Um, and so that does, that does involve formulas and gut feeling. But the, I think that the, the cornerstone I think would be listening to people and being ready to provide the information they need. Uh, cause that's, that's really what's important. I'm fascinated by that. Listening to people on social media. So, yeah. you know, is that via, <laughs> Facebook comments is that via Instagram and, and again maybe I'm just not reading it enough but do you is there enough actual intelligent comments with our hey I think you guys should do this for intelligent reason A B and C and not just the random this is dumb like can you yeah, I, derive meaningful data from what's posted on social media Well yes there's there we listen listening everywhere first of all and um I think that there is intelligent data to pull from almost every comment. So what I mean by that is when someone says something, there is a meaning behind that. Even if it comes off as uh, frivolous or snide or, or, or crass, like mm-hmm. there is there is something behind uh, what they're saying that is causing them to say that. So if Something you, made them post. Right. And so they may not be able to express themselves in the best way, but they're trying to express. And so looking at the comments that way and trying to understand what they're trying to say is what is how you start to learn. And that's listening and that's how you learn. Because the, the problem is that a lot of people, it's really hard to have discussions because people don't listen like that or don't try to understand the purpose and they just look at the face value of what's being said and then it just goes off off the rails. And that's why things like Twitter is so hard to understand because Twitter is a listening first social media platform. Like you have to be able to have a discussion. And what do you mean by that a listening first social media platform? Like you you have to you can't just post um everything you're thinking and have a good time. Like so there's some people that do that like that just go spoken word and uh shoot off tweets and don't engage with anybody but if you really want to enjoy that platform you've got to read what other people say and talk back to them and understand what they're trying to say because if it's just two people talking it's going to be a really confusing not fun time. Oh, okay interesting i maybe before we go down this road you've you've given me a bit of an education on this in the past and i found it fascinating because i'm just not savvy in this world and didn't know there was much of a difference could you give the listeners at home the quick Okay, you've got, I'm probably going to miss some. You've got Twitter, you've got Facebook, you've got Instagram. And in your, I just consider them social media, some snaps snaps maybe. (laughs) But in your mind, each one of them is a different platform that you should use in a different way, correct? And how so? Right. Um, So it'd be the same way as if you were on a Saturday, if you were booked for four different parties. Uh, You wouldn't go and stand in one place and try to participate in all four parties at once. Like you'd go to one, like if you had a party with your kids, uh, you'd go to that party and act one way. If you had a party with just you and your significant other, you'd go to that party and act another way. If it was just you by yourself and your buddies and your boys, you would have a totally okay. different experience. So I think the problem comes is that there's so much, there's so many platforms and people approached it with one voice or one approach. And so it just kind of, 
it deadens the potency of each platform. So what's if an we, example? You see something, you're like, oh, no, 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 don't put that on Facebook. That's definitely a Twitter deal. You know, like what? It's it's more of, uh, I took a picture on Instagram and I'm going to automatically post that to Twitter, Facebook, um, and whatever other platform at the same time. So, it, and it's because the, those platforms are better utilized for different conversations as opposed to just saying, oh, that's just lazy. Yeah, I mean, you could go and say the same thing four different times, but just you have to be, you'd have to being immersed in the platform and looking at what's happening and yeah. presenting it in the correct way is important. And I love your hypothetical about these are different parties. Yeah. Can we take that down an even further route and say, which party is which? Ooh. Right. Is Facebook, Facebook is like my friends who I go to book club with and Twitter is like the dudes I get drunk with and <laughs> Instagram is like my, you know, I'm going to like a kid's birthday party with other parents. Yeah, which I is feel, which? I feel like Facebook is... A never-ending family reunion, or not family reunion, uh, high school reunion. Right. Um, <laughs> for better or for worse. Yes. But Facebook, what I like about Facebook is it really it, it, it uh, eliminates a lot of the anonymity, right? It seems like there's more engagement and conversation back well, and forth. You have more room. Yeah. You can, you can post a number of different ways. There's lots of people. Uh, you get served a lot of content. You can have really deep engagement in there. And I'll make sure, even though we're going to go down little rabbit holes, I'll make sure we get back to the other ones. But but while we're on Facebook, it seems like that's just where you go to rant, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> well, but which I is what drove me off Facebook, quite yeah. frankly. But you're back. I'm They're, back, but just uh -oh. to be back, like, I, don't, I don't do anything there. <laughs> <laughs> there, there. Um, but there is the opportunity to have these conversations in terms of the CrossFit games or CrossFit. Even is there a certain type of crowd that goes to Facebook more than others? In other words, is it like? Like I know, I know that Snapchat for a fact is a younger crowd, mm -hmm. like you, you know, and, um, I have to like, just try really hard to be good at Snapchat, but, but like 18 to whatever it is, 25 year olds are more or less there. But in Facebook, do you find for the CrossFit or the CrossFit games that there's a certain crowd, a there? demographic, demographic. Uh, thank you. I think that from the last time I checked, they were pretty similar. There wasn't oh. any like big disparity from one platform to another. It's We've got the, generally the same types of people, uh -huh. just in different volume um, okay. on on each platform. Um, and there's you know there's more uh, one demographic might be more vocal uh, on one platform than others. Like it's just okay. it just it does it it kind of varies, but it's not like super surprising or anything that I could say. Oh, like this is really strange. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. So then let's uh, let's go to the next party, which is Instagram. Instagram. Who's partying on Instagram? I want to say it's like the it'd be like a rave. Oh, yeah! I just I didn't see that coming. No, yeah. I didn't either. I, I mean, like lots of like flashy, fast moving things going yeah. on at once. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and quick and gone. Yeah, quick and gone. And it's it's only like a snapshot of what's actually happening, which right. is interesting. And it's a, it's a directed snapshot. I think. I think. I was going to say it might not even be what's really happening. Yeah, Instagram. Uh, it's a tough one because. I think people people struggle with that platform a lot. I think it causes like identity questioning and issues and stuff like that. Oh, oh interesting. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. I, I, and and we kind of delved in this with with uh, Adrian the other day. But when you say that, what do you, what do you mean? Because people are trying to portray a certain image. Yes, because they're they're starting to find validation in uh, whatever they they deem is important or they post about, and so they look and they grade themselves like if this picture about me in this subject is not 
liked that much, mm-hmm. then maybe I shouldn't do it or I'm not doing it correctly. Like it, I think it messes with people's psyche a little bit and starts to drive what they think is important versus just living your life. Okay? Start to post instead of what you want, maybe what you should. Like, because will this get the desired result instead of, I just right. like this. I don't care if it gets seven likes. I like this, so I'm going to post it. It's like, well, that's not as impactful as something else that I want to, for my following, you know? Sure. Right. And what, um, something that bummed me out is Austin was in here with, uh, with, uh, Sevon, uh, on his podcast a couple of episodes, episodes ago, and he was talking about social, yeah, social media and how it's, uh, I think he said it's exhausting. Hmm. And he said, um, I'm paraphrasing, but something to the effect of that it, uh, he feels like if he doesn't post the right things and people won't react and that, that bums me out, uh, because I would want him to not care and to just live his life and lose gain, uh, likes, unlikes, like mm-hmm. that should all be irrelevant. And if Austin is just Austin, like that'll be great. That'd be great for like the platform. And people will, he'll gravitate and pull the people he needs to, to be around him. But and the people that don't want to will separate themselves. Like, it's so is, easy to get sucked in though. Yeah. Well, and it, I mean, it's a, and I, I don't know. I just feel like it's also somewhat impossible to not, because just by virtue of like, you are, you're, you're creating media, like right. you're, you're putting up a photo. It gives you options to filter it or not. You have to write something. So you're not just, not just stream of consciousness. So right. in a way. No, I, I get it. I, yeah. I don't think it's measurable like, affirmation. Right. I don't think sure. it's, it's crazy to get there. Um, and when you start having things like uh, sponsorships or or mm-hmm. obligations, that does change the game. Uh, but there still has to be a degree where you a degree of you that you maintain mm-hmm. and where you can't you can't care too much about what people think, because yeah. then you're, you'll start being driven, driven by that, which is not good. Yeah. Um, Okay. You know, I think it's I think it's interesting too in our job, all of us actually in media, in one way, shape, or form, we're involved in media, whether it's social media or it's on camera stuff and whatnot. And I think there can be a very easy deal where, I mean, let's take something like the Update Show. I know we're not Good Morning America with you know twenty million dollar contracts and all this stuff, but you know when you first start something, we've got nothing to lose. So who cares? There's probably only seven people watching, you know, and it's a it's a Blair Witch style production. Pretty good back then. Right. But you say <laughs> whatever the hell you want because there's really nothing to lose. There's no big sponsorships. We're not partnered with this person. It's just, ah, whatever. You rant, you rave, you shoot it straight. And little by little, the stakes get higher. The stakes get higher. More's on the line. You curb your message a little bit, maybe, to, to play with something else. Or now, hey, the sponsor's not going to be happy if you say this. Okay, I'll, I'll cut that out. And it's this little insidious mm-hmm. cut to 10 years later. And you're like, wow, how'd this guy lose his voice? He used to be so raw, so real. And it's like, well, yeah, but now he thinks, well, this is paying my mortgage. I got to put braces on my kid. If I say this, I might lose my job. So, hey, what's, what's the company line? Okay, yeah. tremendous. I'll just say that. You know, and it's... I understand how that evolution happens, but it's a sad evolution to see. Yeah. And I think, I think there's some give and take with that, with growth. Um, but we, I think we should constantly recheck the line or remind ourselves of what we're about and what, uh, why we do what we do. And when I say we, I mean just like collectively or sure. across any brand. Um, and I think social media can quickly dehumanize you or just mm-hmm. separate you from, um, what you are and it's so important to just continually get back to that like if you've ever noticed like if you post something and Someone says something negative about you on your post and if you reply They reply back to you is normally of a different tone because you've 
just reminded them that you're a person. Yes. And then they, they, they instantly feel that connection. Like, Oh, like I probably shouldn't have said that that way. Like, let me re 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 reset the table. Had a favorite one of those recently, actually. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not even going to repeat it here. Yeah. Yes, people I, I people say things they would never say to your face right. yeah. in a thousand years, but when they're just sitting on the toilet typing, yeah. Hey, whatever, fire it off. Yeah. I mean, well, cause I think it's looking, some of that's looking for affirmation from peers. So you're searching for likes on your comment from people around you, mm-hmm. uh, which is another just weird thing. It is a weird thing. Uh, People's lives so empty that they have to get this affirmation and self worth and value uh, from you know a social media app. I don't. I don't. I don't necessarily. I, I just it, the game has been changed because these things exist, right? right? Like it's just a. It's it's. Um, ever present everybody's got it it's on your smartphone like you get a new phone and here's this app that's already included in it and people are interacting on it uh, i think it's just a, something that we're gonna have to kind of continually you're gonna have to create your own relationship with it and like think about our kids we got kids mm-hmm. i mean they're gonna grow up with it. my kids already know how to snapchat better than i know how to snapchat <laughs> now they're only allowed to send snaps from my phone to their mom or from their mom's right. phone to me but they know how to do it and they know how like they're they're going to be wizards at it by the time they're older and uh so it's, it's becoming part of of popular culture it's becoming part of life so right. I think it's it's not the fact that anybody's bad or wrong. It's just these, these things are yeah. part of us. I mean, I don't know if it's empties, but like I think everybody has their own struggles, and uh, there's no moderator or governor on social media. So if if there's like a stack of fruit on this table, um, there's nobody saying don't take too many or don't eat one all <laughs> right. the time. It it's you could you could you can consume or engage as much as you want and do whatever you want. And there's nobody, the, the only policing is done by your peers. Yeah. And so if nobody does that, then things can get out of hand. Yeah. So if, if your buddy or your friend is taking pictures and doing things that are just weird on social, there's nothing to stop them except somebody that cares for them. Right. And a lot of times there's not that person. So it just goes off the rails. That, that's really interesting. You said, like I, I've seen that happen even recently in, in personal relationships. Um, and it is, it's a strange conversation yeah. to have. Yeah. I mean, cause you could see it happening with people like people. Start- I feel like I'm watching a couple people slowly go crazy on social media, like, like be in the middle of a, a midlife crisis or a breakdown via their Instagram stories, mm-hmm. what they're doing as the, and I could be wrong, but I'm just like, Ooh, we put that out there. Didn't you? No That's doubt. Interesting. No doubt. And I, I think some of those people, like it's, it's definitely like a, a flag asking for help mm-hmm. and not, and trying to just display or reach out. And there's definitely situations where I've encountered that, um, both, both uh, working and in personal, of reaching out to people and, a- and just asking the question. I think that's important to continue to uh, engage people on that when you see strange things. That's interesting. I never, I never looked at it that way. But that's a really, really good point. If you know, if you've got your social network of people, maybe you don't call enough, you've lost contact with, but they post regularly, and you could just sift through your feed in five minutes and kind of do a scan of your circle or friends or whatever and you see something that's a standout i never thought of that being like oh instead of me just going oh that's really weird you know it should be maybe it's a red flag to be like you know what i'm gonna call so and so and be like hey brother you all right like uh all good like i saw your post you're cool and mm-hmm. i never i never thought about using it that way that's uh interesting yeah i, I think it's a it's it's happened also on uh for, for the brand where we've reposted um uh, somebody's personal story about they were struggling with X and they just, they just wanted to admit where they were. And many times that, that encourages people that will reach out 
privately and say, Hey, like I really need this at this time. Like I need to hear this and, um, it's going to cause me to take steps to like get help or make changes or start something new. So it's, I think there's people, um, I think it, it's the same thing that happens in real life. It's just gone digital now. I'm going to move us on to the next party. Okay. Twitter. Okay. Twitter's a cocktail. <laughs> I forgot we were in parties. Oh yeah. Twitter's a cocktail party. Oh, right yeah. on. Cocktail. See, I don't yeah. see Twitter as a cocktail party. It's, it's, it's quick. It's, uh, you, um, well, how do you describe a cocktail party? Like you, it's, it's just informal. I'm talking and I'm not necessarily, I'm waiting for my turn to talk again. Well, yeah, you're stirring a maybe. drink, you're looking at somebody else. But a, a lot can happen in, at a cocktail party. You can make uh, you can make major deals. You can make major connections. Uh, you can meet anyone. You, you'll interface. With, you Get can threaten nuclear war. Yeah, yeah. You, <laughs> there, there could be big or small players and in, in, in that enter or exit your your space. So, um, I, I I think Twitter is like one of my favorite. I think I like I really which like is it. funny because I, I do nothing on Twitter. Wasn't Twitter dying recently? Like, wasn't Twitter about to go away? And it, I did. I, I I this is my own personal opinion. I feel like Donald Trump like breathed life back into Twitter. It, it's not. It's, it, <laughs> that's an interesting topic. Yeah, it, it's just it, it's not growing as fast as everything else. Uh, but it, but it was done, wasn't it? Didn't they like announce its demise? Am no, I totally making that up? No, I mean I think I think there was a lot of bloggers that said like it's okay. going to die. Okay, uh, I don't think Twitter ever said. I thought at one point they done. had admitted defeat and then no. something happened. They laid off a bunch of people, uh, okay. made company changes, but. Um, Okay. I think it's an integral tool for communication. I don't think it'll go anywhere anytime soon. There may be less or or more people entering and exiting, but I think there's still about 320 million uh, on the platform, and uh, none of our brands are over a million. We're approaching a million on, on for, for CrossFit, but mm-hmm. are you? Uh, we just you barely scratched. Do I? Yes, I, I tweet, but not well, and so I open my Twitter app maybe once a month because I forget it's there. I do it because of what he, what Jonathan's saying is like, it's a, it's a, I do get interaction there that huh. I wouldn't get on other outlets. Um, I had no clue. But for me, I'm bad. Like I'd be the guy at the cocktail party where he's like, oh, he's, he's a narcissist. Like he never listens to what I'm saying. <laughs> like I, I don't have a lot of conversations there. Most of mine is just an outgoing gotcha. um, billboard. I think if you go on Twitter and you follow people of interest um, or topics of interest, and then you go to learn from or engage other people you'll have a much better time than trying to generate your own content like if you just spend time and you try to go and tweet 10 people about what they're talking about i think you'll find like a much different experience as far as uh conversations okay okay um now oh sorry let's talk snaps kind of parties that i'm not on that platform that's like a that's like that's like an 18 and older club (laughs) party here (laughs) um yeah, I would say it's like the, the the all ages club. Yeah, you know, you you can get in some trouble <laughs> if, you, if you want to. You can have a lot of fun if you want to. Um, but it's actually being used like yeah. uh, the way that now it's got some robust stuff. Like you can watch, you can recaps of sports games. It's just a different way to digest media. I don't even mm-hmm. know. Does CrossFit have a Snapchat account? Or is that a silly the games? Like, I have no clue. Get, you know what? Get out. <laughs> the, I have the, no idea. The games has one. Uh, a it, powerful one, right? Yeah, it's active uh, <laughs> sporadically, but yeah, we we do have it. We get we get a lot more we get a lot more in than we put out. Yeah, um, yeah. So what do you do there? What's oh, you, you got to check it out, man. There? What I find like well, f- for kids, I find that they're using it instead of any kind of messaging app. Like, did you find that? Yeah, because it doesn't need to it doesn't need to live, right? And mm-hmm. you can do all the st- all the funny stuff you can do on like. Anything else I can like, you know, draw pictures on your face. You, you could put mouse ears on me. Put mouse ears on you, all that kind of crap. That that's just like 
a little bit more fun and entertaining. But in yeah. terms of like what they're what, what companies are doing now for storytelling, it's um it's got some really interesting ways to digest media. Yeah, maybe maybe all ages party is not the, the best. Maybe more of uh Burning Man? Maybe? maybe it's like I think it's like your really your super young, cool, smart friends. Burning Man, maybe? Maybe Burning Man. <laughs> <laughs> like it can get weird and get cool. Yep. Um it's out in the middle of nowhere. Yep. Yeah, it's it, it's funny because we've had several approaches, and um, there was actually a time where uh, uh, we had a volunteer kid on the handle, um, just going from his perspective, and that was really cool. It's cool to see like what he saw from the game's perspective. Yeah. Oh um, yeah, because you can like put it in someone else's hands and just mm-hmm. say whatever, yeah, take over. Yeah. Go do what you do. Um, but that that was a cool experience. But I, I don't. I don't know. It's kind of uncharted. I, I like what people are doing with storytelling and adding in like the discovery pages and stuff like that. But yeah. um, I think time will tell. Like a lot of other, a lot of other platforms are picking up ephemeral content or content that doesn't live all the time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think it's an interesting approach. Wow, so uh, many platforms that we keep. Well, we just can't get away with one, huh? I want. I want. I want to bundle them all together. And um, so I know even people who have only a personal page could probably have. Do, do they get analytics? Or is that just a business thing? You get some level, I think. Okay, uh, so personal page. I want you to speak to, if you don't mind, um, reach and engagement, because that seems to be the kind of the gold standard. That's what that's what's measured, right? Of course, everybody can see how many people liked their thing. Right. Everybody can see how many comments they had, um, or if you're on Instagram, just yeah, likes and comments, right? Um, but those are those seem like they're kind of the gold standard, if I'm if I'm correct. I think it's what the most people can understand. Oh, yeah. Like, okay. I, so it may not necessarily be the most important stat, but like everybody can understand and discuss those two things. I don't understand them, so tell me. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the, the question? Uh, engagement. Well, we, I, I want to hear in your words what is what is engagement and then what is reach. So I would say um, engagement is people's response to what you're posting. So in other words, there's a. Um, they're not just kind of like scrolling through. Okay, I like right. that. And I'm gone. They they actually stopped. So if they, they stopped and took an action, okay, that would be considered an engagement. Uh, reach would be how many people your content was in front of. Oh, um, and okay. that all the the little stuff counts too. So if I'm scrolling through my feed and I look at a video for two seconds, mm-hmm. you still you still were exposed to it. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're, there's some level of uh, familiarity with like, oh, did you see that? Like, yeah, I scrolled past and didn't, but didn't click on it. Okay, yeah. so that'd be that'd be reach. Um, and our engagement as a CrossFit community is phenomenal, right? Yes. I mean, uh, that's, that's where we're, that's one of the areas where we're really unique in social media. CrossFitters enjoy talking about CrossFit. <laughs> no matter, <laughs> no matter where, <laughs> no matter where or how. Yeah. That's, that's the, uh, it's a really cool thing because people are very opinionated and they're not in CrossFit. They're not shy about it, sharing it. Um, especially, uh, the masters community. They're very, yeah. they're very, uh, thorough. <laughs> a wonderful <laughs> word choice right and, there and explain, explaining their position and it, it's kind of fun well i mean yeah when blogs were first a thing when crossfit.com first existed every third day there was a hot topic article posted oh, yeah. and said hey t- please tell us your comments Post and even back then the comments mm-hmm. in the old school way yeah they were posting their thoughts to comments and they engendered some pretty heavy dialogue yeah I would argue that that was a, a social media platform of its own, mm-hmm. um, before kind of before that time of now that it's popular. So people would write paragraphs mm-hmm. and paragraphs on there, spending. I mean, 
it definitely had a hit no doubt yeah. about it bingo still does that right he does yeah yeah, yeah. um a couple of people still do that um some of us have moved on to to the social medias <laughs> yeah he, yeah i i think uh bingo does i see bingo does it because he links to it from social media so yeah. he's, he's evolved too um how do you see well i'll just say it from me i see your demeanor as being particularly well fit amen for what you do at, uh, for the social media team um i want haynes how, next to me in a crisis how do you keep your cool, the heart man? rate like, is just 71 beats a minute regardless yeah. of the external environment like like here's here's a public conversation that's going on right now last night uh it's announced that ricky garrard tested positive for drugs his appeal process was over and he's been stripped of his medals and his and his money um me and pat will have to speak to that at some point probably on a show and yep. we'll hopefully get to talk to ricky and we'll engage in that stuff but man you guys are on the front lines when these when people respond to that, they react to that. Yeah. Like, how do you, I, I, I know when I look at the CrossFit games, Facebook page and somebody says something overly aggressive that I hugely disagree with, um, that is trying to be offensive. I get so fired up, dude. Like I'll start to type a response. I just have to erase right, I gotta it. Stay you know? away. How do you like, how do you not get emotional? Well, I mean with any platform or any like brand, um, they're not talking to you. So that's, that's the first of all, like they are, uh, if somebody's expressing something, they are talking about their own experience and expressing something that comes from them. So to take that personally would, uh, it's, it, it'd be irresponsible because it's not, it's not about you. It's, it's about them. Like they're, it's their turn to talk and to express what's going on. And it's, it's our team's job to understand that and then respond to that. Like sometimes it's like, yeah, it's, it's okay to kick and scream, but then it's like, Hey, remind them like, yeah, you're laying on the floor right now, kicking and screaming. And then that person will be like, <laughs> that's a great way to just, put it. Just point a mirror at them. Yeah. And then yeah. The, that person will be like, Oh yeah, I, mean, I am doing that. And they'll get up and, and correct it. And it's not, it's not a, for the cross community. It's not, I hope it's not a us versus them kind of thing. It's a, this is something we're experiencing together. And it's like, how do we figure it out? Like, what is, what is right? What is the right thing to do? What is the right thing to say? And in, intermixed in that community are people that have agendas and are just excited about, uh, getting in, the, getting in the mud and throwing some. And it's like, cool. If you want to throw mud, throw mud. Like this is, there's plenty on the ground, but it's, I think when it starts to get emotional and personal is people is when you start to like lose sight of what we're talking about. And I, I think that there is a, uh, a lot of people don't know how to have conversations or how to argue. And so in every conversation or argument, there has to be a reteaching of how to go about this. Like, we're not going to name call or we're not, we're not right. going to just, there's some ground rules. Yeah. We're not going to, you're not going to go and attack another person. Um, because you disagree with, what they say like, state your opinion, have discussions. And another big point that everybody misses is we don't all have to agree. Right. And I think Amen that's something to that. that's something that people trip off, trip yep. off on. Like we can leave an argument on different pages and that's totally okay. I just tell my wife all the time, you're welcome to your wrong opinion. <laughs> <laughs> How does that go? <laughs> <laughs> Terribly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think that's, it's, there's, there's key factors that people just miss. And I try to remind myself and people that work on the team of that to not get pulled into the, cause it's easy. 
Because um, people at the end of the day, right or wrong, I mean, they just want to be heard. Right. Right. And, and this is their platform to shout or rant or logically express whatever in the heck it is on their mind and have a captive audience to some degree have to read it or listen. Right. And there's a lot of people that will speak for or try to speak for you or to throw, to state an opinion as fact. Mm-hmm. And so there's got to always gonna be a lot of resetting the table of that, of just saying, hey, like, this is, um, um, just tell me what you're feeling and tell me what, where you're coming from and then we can understand like how to move on from that. Sure. Or I saw, I saw that actually multiple times in the conversation yesterday was your stating opinion is fact. You know, oh, yeah. either bring facts or or just recognize that this is your opinion. And people don't like that feedback. No, it's not, it's, it's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Um, There's a lot of confusion between what is a fact and what is an opinion. Mm-hmm. Like beyond a shadow of a doubt, people are just... And that's something we used to have to deal with all the time in the level one staff is we're presenting material, mm-hmm. answering questions, and you can't get wrapped around it personally. And you'd have to let the audience know if someone says, oh, so-and-so is going to... I don't know. If you do that, you're going to hurt yourself. It's okay. You're saying that as if it is a fact. However, I did it this morning and I didn't hurt myself. So it's not a fact. It's your opinion. And even if you had a buddy who 10 years ago did that and hurt themselves, yes, it happened, but it still doesn't mean that it's a fact. And I think circling people back to that and probably once you get them on that sheet of music of, okay, I am now going to engage with this person or this brand or this platform. And before I type, I can still have emotions and, you know, be charged or fired up about it, but I'm going to present things that are actually fact-based and logical probably changes the entire nature of the conversation. Right. And a lot of time, like when you, with this example you're giving, that's fear-based. And so getting to like, well, what are you afraid of? Like, why do you think that there is, what, why are you leaning on legislation or like making a rule to protect you from? And I think that gets to a deeper problem of like why they're actually saying what they're saying versus just addressing like the, the first line of whatever they're saying like oh like you're gonna get hurt well why do you think that mm-hmm. and then i think if making them go down that road and and explain themselves will help them understand like if what they feel is actual or something that they've manufactured in this massive thing that's not really that big and i think a lot of people they post something you know mm-hmm. it's emotional it's quick they they they, they type it they hit they hit send mm-hmm. and then when somebody goes hey I'm listening, explain, they're like, oh, I didn't know I'd have to actually explain my crazy rant that I just did. It kind of falls apart now. Right. I, I think it'd be, I think social media would be a really cool place as if every time before you posted, there was a prompt that popped up and said, are you really sure? <laughs> like, are you sure you want to post this? I think there'd be a little bit less. You can't post this. We're going to come back in three minutes if you still want to post this and you can hit send. There'd probably be a lot fewer comments. I think people would opt into that. A cooling off period. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. So with the Ricky Garrard thing that just happened, you know, you said a lot of times on social media, things have different lifespans on different platforms. Mm-hmm. Quick or whatever on Instagram, maybe lives longer on Facebook. And there, I don't, maybe I'm going to choose the wrong word and correct me if I am, but uh, controversy or um, whatever, you know, maybe I can, I've been in this game long enough with CrossFit, right? That I wake up in the morning, I get in my morning yawn, I look at my Instagram account, CrossFit has posted a um, pregnant woman doing a kipping pull. I'm like, well, here come the comments. Like you just (laughs) know it's going to happen. That's going to live for a certain period of time and then it's going to die, right? Call it a crisis, call it a fire, call it whatever. Then you've got something like the Ricky Garrard thing is probably crisis or fire on a different level. 
how long you know what's the lifespan of the the, the latest thing people are just chatting about um i mean it, it varies uh but this 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 particular topic is new mm-hmm. or not, or this particular particular case is new um so i'm not quite sure it might take a while for people to get this out of their system and uh, to get all their their feelings and feedback out like it may be it may be days week gotcha i'm not, I'm not quite sure i think we'll, we'll we'll see um but there's a lot more to this to discuss and there's no a doubt. lot more people to be heard from um so it's not something we'd want to uh rush or quickly or quickly push by it's like we're it's something you got to take head on and face up and whatever however however long it takes to to get through that process is exactly what we're going to do you know i'm i don't know if i'm going in a different direction pull me back in if i am <laughs> but you know how you present yourself is how you present yourself right if at the first time that i meet you you say hi i'm rory and you know you shake your hand i immediately analyze was it a dead fish handshake was it whatever <laughs> did you grab my bicep <laughs> and try to big boy me you know like how you how you carry yourself well you meet a lot of these people for the first time on social media as well I mean, how many people have we met at the games or what and i walk up to somebody i'm like oh we've actually never met in person i'm so sorry i i thought that we had but i've watched a bunch of videos i feel like i know you but i haven't so to a degree this is your outward facing of who you are to the world and much like people tend to pay attention to how they present themselves in person i think sometimes they just fire things off at social media and don't realize that it's still a representation of you, how you answer the question, how you ask the question. And I, I hope that people pay a, a bit more attention to that because it's becoming more and more popular mm-hmm. every day, right? I mean, it's in our lives. Well, it's, it's almost like a bypass into directly what you're thinking, your consciousness. People are so comfortable with social media, they'll tell you exactly what they're thinking that they would never tell you if you were sitting there. Um, you know, because out of fear or being uncomfortable or like fear of being hit. Oh, like and Ricky Garrard's yeah. profile right now, there's about 600 comments where people are just like, you're just a damn coward, which right. I, I'm curious next time I see him and ask him whether I agree or disagree with what he did personally. <laughs> hey, Ricky, how many people walked up to you, looked you dead in your eye and called you a coward? Probably not 600. Right. Probably not six, quite frankly. Yeah. And I'd be, I mean, that's really interesting with why people would feel a need to go and do that to him because it's 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 uh like what do you gain or like why what what do you gain from going and uh kicking somebody when they're down like what like what what what's the win there what's the purpose like does that is that to make you feel better or what 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 causes that um like this is not something that's easy like he's he's obviously like made a mistake Mm -hmm. um and i'm pretty sure that most if not everyone has been in a situation where they've made a mistake and you should really understand how you'd want to feel, how you'd want to be treated in that case. Yeah. Like there's, like there's some, yeah. No, oh, here we go. <coughs> Can't yeah. wait. All right. I mean, we got, we got row coming. I mean, I agree with you. There's the, what do you, what do you have to gain by kicking someone when they're down? Um, however, in this case, which has had similar things in the past, obviously it's a very unique one in the sense of, of who it was, but, um, always the, the post, their social post. I, I read it very carefully and very closely. And I just, I always have a problem when there's, it, it's like, it seems genuine, genuine, genuine. Ah, there's my little mm-hmm. excuse or there's my little 
but I wasn't the only one in, in Ricky's case, end, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I think I was trying to express to you earlier, and you said uh, as well, if you could just, if it could just be a straight up with no caveats. Damn, I messed up. Own it. Oh, yeah, just I, own I it, know. Right? We'll never see this, but this would be the post that I would love. Ready? This is this is this is the Ricky Garrard post I would have loved to see. Hey, everybody! I'm sure you heard the news. I got popped. Um, if I didn't get caught, I wouldn't be sorry. I did get caught, so I kind of have to say that I am sorry. Um, all right, see you in a bit. <laughs> that, well, honestly, I, would, that, I would just. If that I would, was I would, the whole. <clears throat> if that was the whole post, I'd be like, "Thank you." Yeah, you're right. I, I, I would twist it to say, like, "Yeah, now I am sorry, and I see the error of my ways." And you're right. If I hadn't been caught, maybe I wouldn't have had those same sentiments. But that's the only reason that I don't have a lot of sympathy for him in the in the public domain because people are not like. And here's why: I'm. I don't think that my head's buried in the sand. I was very, very surprised that a top performer at the CrossFit Games was in the situation, but um, it's so close to my heart, man, you know? And maybe cyclists feel the same way about their sport, I don't know, but this has been like my life it's your for life, a decade. your livelihood, you love it. And I, mean. I care about the training program, and I do believe that it's important to have a healthy lifestyle to to make your training more robust, and, and I don't think that performance-enhancing drugs have any place in it. And I, I did think, I do think still, that we're unique in our ability to to mitigate those um, in our world. So I take it personally <laughs> and, right. and that's why we're different. That's well, why you're so great. But, and that's what I'm trying to say, but like I, I get, I am mad. Like I'm well, pissed I mean, to, to, to clarify being mad and being upset is, is cool. Um, and okay. And I don't think you should have, you should, there's no need to feel sympathy. Um, and I think somebody going and saying like they were disappointed or expressing like that they're bummed out or, you know, whatever they, feel they need to say to him it's different but, from but, insulting but going him going and just you know kicking dirt and talking about like, what kind of per- like that's not accurate yes like, it's just it's just a waste for everybody's yes. time i don't know much about yeah. him personally and, yeah. and i can't deduce that from i don't know what kind of father he is because of this event right it's, it's mm-hmm. like if it's like when you were a kid and you did something wrong and like your mom didn't come cuss you out like your mom said i'm disappointed in you and that like just broke your spirit like it yeah. just like it was, it was worse than anything True. um then that she could say of like you know like you're she's like you're a low quality kid like that that's that's not like great <laughs> <laughs> i'm gonna take that one home if you don't mind yeah like that 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 <laughs> one like stuff like that is just yeah it's, it's way worse than just name calling or belittling it sure it's, it's easy to just take off in a different direction sure like, oh like. but but um all still easier said than done what what were your parents like what are your parents like my you're, mom, you're from california correct yeah yeah uh grew up uh mainly with my mom very strict very very strict uh very hard on me and uh like for better or worse uh I think she's she has a lot to do with the way I am now because she pushed me uh, so hard and was so strict. I've said strict for three times, it did, but it's still. It's but I'm true. guessing fair also, just yeah. again by the way that you're like you know. Yeah, I mean, in your- she she challenged me to uh, do things a certain way and do things the right way and be better and and make like make mistakes, but then correct them and own stuff and. Uh, yeah, she still challenges me. Did it seem too strict at the time, and now in hindsight, you're like, "Thank you for that." Definitely, um, 
thank you is definitely like in order, but it, it did, it, it was very, very strict. <laughs> I, I appreciate it now, but it was still like, you know, when, when I compare notes with other, with other kids, I was like, wow, like you didn't have right. to do this or, um, like that wasn't the, like uh, seams got to be right on your bed when you make yeah. it, you spit shine your shoes. So I'll, I'll tell like one story. I remember there were times where, uh, well, two stories my, where, um, I got woken up one time because I washed the dishes, but left uh, soap suds in the drain. So I didn't completely wash the wow. drain. Like, so it was, it was attention to detail like that. Yeah. And at the time it seemed like, oh man, this is what, what? Like, it's like 1 a.m. Did she I, come just, from a military just family just or something? Or? No. Uh, yeah. I, or I, something like, like that. Grandpa, I mean, like, my grandpa was in the military, but okay. it was, I don't think it was that. It's just her. her yeah. Her she rolled, okay. huh? Yeah. She just, she, I mean, she worked hard. Like she went, uh, like she's somebody who went to work from like the ground up and um, gotten to where she is now because she's just working every single day around the clock. Um, but yeah, like that—that that was I remember. I still remember that now. Um, and then also, second thing is is curfew. Um, I definitely remember being locked out of my house at twelve oh one for being late by one minute and like walking up and hearing it click uh, <laughs> it's like so like no you see me outside <laughs> no you see me no you recognize yeah. me yeah um and so, have to stay outside uh no i had to go back to like my friend's house and oh and uh, stay the night because i, the night cause oh, I, was, I missed awesome. curfew and then i was in trouble once i got home hey man lessons um, learned i'd, I'd but, say hey yeah, i'd say yeah. she did a good job yeah i mean it's you i think in this world like it is crazy hard to raise a kid. So I think you've got to do whatever you think you need to do to, to make sure they do come up well. Cause there's so many distractions. There's so many things to slip up on that. You've just got to almost be crazy to make sure that they come out. All right. Mm-hmm. And in talking about social media, there's probably somebody right now listening to this. that was like, his mother did what? I'm yeah. going to start a blog tomorrow about <laughs> yeah. this. Yeah. I'm actually going to research her. I'm going to Google her. I'm yeah. going to find oh, her. Oh my goodness. She's down on social media. So yeah. okay, good, luck, good luck on that. Um, I find you to be an early adopter also. And I just, I mean, if, if we don't talk about anything else in the, in the context of that, I want to talk about Google glass. <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite oh, thing that I've ever man. seen you do. <laughs> yeah. How old are you? 32, nearly you're, 32, you're 32. You're a young yeah. man. Um, do you find that like, are you way into the you techie dude? Like, yeah. cause, cause, and for the context for people at home or even for sure, what, I don't know if you know this. You know, Google came out with those eyeglasses right. that had the built-in technology, and they only gave out prototypes. So kudos that you were one of the people oh, that they sent out. Mm-hmm. Really? Yeah. Um, but I always, I just hated it. I hated, the, <laughs> I hated that you were looking at me, and there's a video camera. <laughs> and I was like, what, are you recording me? Are you not? Are you listening to me? Are you not? Um, tell me yeah. about Google Glass. Um, it was interesting. Like I, I like trying new things and just seeing if I can utilize it or, or um, not break it, but like incorporate it into what we're doing and use it to um, advance whatever projects I'm working on. Uh, and Google Glass is very interesting. I think it was ahead of his time. Um, I think we'll see it come back at some point. But it was essentially just like, how could I display or, or show people what I see? Yeah. Um, and I actually wore it, I'm forgetting the year, um, in Copenhagen. Uh, which every year that Catherine was unable to climb the rope. 14. 14. Yeah. So I watched that event that was on Google Glass. Oh, no way. Um, yeah. It's, it's somewhere. I have the, the video story. But that it was a first-person perspective of like me 
watching and 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 doing social media from that uh, in that experience and what's so crazy is when you watch it you see how i'm trying to like process everything that's going on and get it out that's cool um and it just happened so fast and it was such that moment was so uh emotional it was it was hard to stay involved and engaged and not get caught up in one or the other and just switching back and forth um uh so yeah that was my exploration in google glass it was it was short lived <laughs> it's uh, a um it's a funny side note but but actually brings up an interesting point uh maybe you can compare the crossfit games properties to other social media properties like I, I think like we're on youtube or facebook we're close to the nba or we're close to somebody talk about the difference on the size and scope of our team versus what you might see at one of those <laughs> organizations when you say you're operating multiple social media sometimes like that's that's literally true right I yeah mean, we, i mean our team is not as big as you'd expect it to be um to say the least to say the least to say to say the least i won't get into our exact size but um there, we've definitely surprised a lot of uh, um, social media outlets that we've interacted with where Facebook's like, like you have how many people? Right. Um, because they're used to a team of like 50 or 100 with the NBA or... Um, oh, wow. I yeah. did not know that was oh, the dude, like, number um, we're talking about. One of the, just one of the properties at ESPN had a, has a, a team of, I think it's outside the lines or something, has a team of 20 people just for their uh, Snapchat stories. What? Yeah. 20 people just for snapchat stories wow oh, I, okay that gotcha my mind yeah. is blown yeah so it it's surprising and i think we're a lot lighter and more agile um than those teams and uh it's it, it brings an interesting dynamic and like a kind of a closeness with uh, a closeness with a connection of to the community mm-hmm. um but yeah, I've definitely had had that conversation several times of people just being um, shocked and, and or confused as to um, how we move and operate. When you, um, we were talking about people who you kind of like, you know, online, uh, but you'd never met in person. You, above all people, must have that more often than not. Like, what, what's it like when you meet somebody that you've had like beef with online or <laughs> yeah. like, you know, or, or camaraderie, I guess, could be the other thing, you know? It's kind of cool. Uh, sometimes it's confusing because there'll be people that'll come up that I know on like my personal handle that um, we've talked a lot, but I haven't really met them or s- their, their profile picture is like, you know, tiny and not of them. So I have no clue what they look like. And they, w- and they walk up to me um, and just jump into the conversation. And I'm very confused and <laughs> um, feel bad because I don't remember or know. And it's like, Oh, that's, you know, I'm so-and-so and, Oh, you're uh, ham sandwich 21. Yeah. And people, will intru- and it's funny, people will introduce themselves by their hand on. I'm like, oh, okay. And it's it's pretty cool meeting people. Um, I actually have a lot of, uh, a handful of good friends that I've been friends on Twitter with for years, like, and have never met or really? I've met a couple of times. Yeah. Like six, seven year relationships with people that we talk. What? And I'm a dinosaur. Um, a couple of them overseas. Um, that we just keep in touch and it's pretty cool. Like it's just like our only connection is, wow. is Twitter. Um, and some of those people I may never meet or there's not really a need or, and some that I maybe will eventually. But um, what's funny is uh, when I moved to, from College Station to Aust- to Austin, um, I kind of did it on a whim and we just, or didn't plan it. Uh, 
I let my lease run out and then just went. And a couple of days before, I tweeted at a buddy who had messaged, who had said like, hey, um, if you're ever in Austin and you need a place to stay, hit me up. No way. And I tweeted at him and said, huh. hey, like, was that real? Like, I'm moving to Austin, I need a place to crash. Um, and he actually, he was like, yeah, come on. And I crashed on his couch for six months. No kidding. Yeah. And who, who was that? Uh, Eric Webb. Okay. We, we're still friends now. I had never met him until that point. He met me you showed up when I showed up at his house. Hand. Yeah. Uh, and for my first six or so months in Austin, I was either like in my car or at his house. That's beautiful. And that, that was through Twitter. Yeah. Social um, media doing good in the world. Yeah. <laughs> He's a like really cool guy, um, obviously. And um, we kept him pretty close touch. And actually before I left Austin, we had, we had lunch and just talked about like how crazy it's all been. And uh, we were kind of in similar spots where he was, in the startup space and we'd stay up late and he would be coding and I'd be studying social media and we were just, you know, just trying to figure it all out. Yeah. Um, what, what's coach Winchester's first name? I Michael, Michael. Okay. Cool. Yeah. I thought that's, that's what it was going to be. Um, what's it like going to, I guess I'm asking, are you like a kid in a candy shop? Are you like starstruck, so to speak, when you go to like Facebook headquarters? Cause it's kind of like the gold standard of what you do, right? You've been there mm-hmm. and talk to them about, you know, social media and things like that. Is it, um, I don't know, what's that feel like to be in your profession and, and to get to kind of go to the ground zero? It's it's super cool. I I enjoy coming here every day and it's not, it doesn't, it doesn't ever lose that feeling of like excitement of like, this is the place where like information starts or springs from. Um, and when I was, before I moved here, I was traveling back and forth uh, into from from austin to here and it was always cool to see like the or to feel the difference of like being uh very close to the source and going back to out to like in the field if you will of like Mm -hmm. of like an affiliate and stepping in and um getting back into the rhythm of a gym like the contrast is so cool of going back to the gym and hearing things uh that come from uh hq told to me by members or uh, a few people talking about stories and like, oh, hey, did you hear about so-and-so or this and this and that happening? Or did you know that CrossFit HQ is doing this or that? Like, it's cool seeing the message communicated and being taught, uh, spoken back to me or especially around the open. Yeah. Um, and you get to see some of the faces behind those two letters that are just thrown are like HQ. So yeah. HQ did this and you're like, oh, I, yeah. know, I know who did that. That's pretty cool that it had that kind of reach or impact. Mm-hmm. And it it's interesting seeing, hearing people talk to me about my favorite is when people tell me what CrossFit HQ thinks. Oh <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, okay, yeah. What do we think? Yeah, and it's just they there's it's, there's that human element that gets that gets missing that people forget about, and they don't know a lot of us or who we are, and so they just make broad assumptions because um, it's easy and uh, it's unseen, and uh, it's always cool to have those interactions or those conversations because people just kind of be like, Oh, like, well, you're normal. And <laughs> I, I guess it's, things are not that bad or I guess right. maybe there's more, more to discover. Um, but I think there's, there, there is also advantages too to having that, um, the people questioning things or making assumptions that way, mm-hmm. that way. Um, I love where you went with that. I actually meant like going to Facebook headquarters. Oh, okay. Oh, <laughs> how's that different? Oh, going, like, going to Facebook how- is, uh, very cool uh as someone as somebody who uses the platform like my first time going there was it was just uh it's almost like a, a small disneyland 
Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and being able to talk to people who and understand what the platform is for and how it's being built and give, being able to give feedback and having that being received is a really cool um, experience. I don't know if we do, you know, we do that, like we do um, product reviews. And so being able to um, talk to our community about what their their wants and needs and being able to go communicate that to the platform like like Facebook is is uh, cool and powerful um, to be a part of because it, I feel like it's making it's the opportunity to make real change. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. I um, can we can we get heavy? Okay. Can we use a light a light bridge to get to a heavy place? Okay. Um, I have always been I've long been an admirer of your hair. <laughs> and especially when you put laser lines in it and i'm always like taken back to like second gray when i did like laser lines even at checkerboard one time in my hair mm-hmm. it's never the same um and i forget what i asked you the other day but you were like no no man you don't you don't just go to any barber shop yeah you got to find the right barber shop mm-hmm. and santa cruz is not the place for that yeah i mean and and for the listeners <laughs> at home this is not a video podcast oh, yeah. but you know <laughs> john is black john i'm white <laughs> Rose White and Eric Mayfield, who's being very quiet here, proud Mexican-American. You know, we're, just, we're making the, the world a better place here in this room. So now circle back to the haircut. So <laughs> back to the haircut. I may actually, I know you you asked me if I was going to get my haircut in Santa Cruz. And I said, no, I have to go to San Jose. Um, there might be actually a place in Santa Cruz I was looking at uh, that could cut my hair. But I'm not, I haven't gotten there. But um, I did go over the hill to San Jose to get my first haircut because uh, a black barbershop is something everybody should experience it's, it's just a cool atmosphere but it's something i enjoy can i come next time yeah so it doesn't go both ways like you couldn't go to like any barbershop you got to go to a black barbershop to get your hair cut could they cut my hair yeah for sure okay yeah i think i it, it's more of um i go for like conversations and um there's more like the style of haircut to also helps that they know how to cut my hair and are familiar and 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 you know black hair white hair everybody's hair is different yeah and respond behaves or responds differently so but it's a community experience it's, too it's a community experience yeah. as well yeah so i definitely enjoy uh that's the real reason i go is yeah. like for that camaraderie interesting and shop, and shop talk is the shop talk is what i really enjoy see i'm always shy, i'm always shy about like that situation i was gonna yeah. say i've only seen the movie yeah <laughs> matter of fact i, I rewatched uh, it on a uh, recent alaska airlines flight. it's fantastic but nice. i my family grew up with barbershops my grandfather old school fresh off the boat italian we had an italian just barbershop in a little town called rockland massachusetts for mm-hmm. years that as a kid i would walk down and just get all these old italian guys just sitting around i don't know why they weren't working and just you know straight razors out and it was a fantastic awesome place to hang out that I don't, I don't know. Maybe I should go check something like that. Yeah. I don't see that vibe too often in places that I go these no. days. Right. I mean, I've been, as a kid, I was taking, uh, it took me, I was taking the supercuts once in a couple of the generic places and you get a certain style of haircut and yeah. it, no matter what you ask for, like if you're going to get something similar. <laughs> One, and, two or three. It's like, <laughs> it's like a Denny's menu. <laughs> yeah. And the same thing, I think the same thing happens in a black barbershop, except it's more of what I like. So sure. it's like, even though it's going to be similar, it's going to be a certain style. It's the style I'm interested in. Understood. And so that's, that's why I, I choose to go. Uh, take me next time. Cause yeah. so, uh, obviously I'm married to a hairdresser. And so like my, the experience that I'm used to is like, 
quiet shop. It's just me and my wife. We're chilling, you know, <laughs> listen to yeah. some music, but never had like the boisterous experience. It could either be you're in there by yourself and it's just a nice relaxing time. Or, um, I've had times where like, you know, we'll, I'll start talking to the barber and we'll get into some really good conversations. And it's just, it's like, I feel better. Yeah. Like I feel like, feel like, Oh, this is like therapy. Nice. Um, and other times it's just a shop full of people and we're talking about LeBron or we're talking about current events and, or something something funny something inappropriate and it just goes off the rails um, yeah you know there's somebody brings a case of beers or um you know a bottle of something and we're just we end up a haircut takes an hour and nice uh it's, it's a good time actual social experience mm -hmm. <laughs> um I, I say i said to get to a heavy place i don't think it's necessarily heavy but i do think that anytime that you talk about race that it's you know potentially um i don't think you're allowed to anymore yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we have to edit this part out well um, but you're so integrally plugged into the community in terms of social media, obviously. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't, I don't even think that it's a, um, why don't more black people do cross? I don't think it's a criticism. <laughs> I think it's an observation that some people think is true. And I don't, I don't know it to be true. I mean, obviously Santa Cruz is, has got its own makeup, but I don't think that the world of CrossFit is, is mm -hmm. exclusively white, but do you, do you find that to be true or how I, do you respond? To I will tell you as a that? white, as a white guy, I think I told you this offline. At a level one seminar, every now and then I'd get a question from uh, a member of the audience, and it actually could be white or black. It wasn't mm -hmm. just a, a question come from a, a black dude in the audience of, "Why, hey, why don't we see more black people in CrossFit?" And I was like, "I, I don't, I don't have an answer for you, sir." It beats right. me. So, I mean, I've definitely seen this question and had to uh, address it online and offline with the friends. And I think the first part of the answer is I'm not really sure. I don't, I don't know. Like there's no like definitive textbook. Oh, like this is the reason. Well, we don't take um, numbers either. Right? right. Like I couldn't tell right. you how many people are doing CrossFit ver verbatim right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I mean, and I think there's a lot of reasons like for, if we're looking at it from let's cut CrossFit and have from the sport aspect and the affiliate aspect. Um, and like why aren't people are at the games or competing, uh, the, I think that um, the numbers, like the newness of the sport definitely contributes to that. Um, and I think that there is not that big of an incentive to compete. Uh, For like financial rewards. Uh, it's, a, you, it's, it's, a make... it's a socioeconomic issue. So if you're coming from uh inner city or if you're coming up and you're trying to change your life or your family's life through sports your first choice is probably not going to be crossfit because right. at the top sense. of the podium is two hundred seventy-five thousand dollars, and that goes to the best guy mm -hmm. and um yes the yes the podium pays out but you know when you start looking at taxes when you start looking at what it, what it costs to actually do this like the and then you compare it next to like nba with you see somebody signing a six-year, $222 million contract right. with part of it guaranteed uh, with signing bonuses, like that's an instant life changer for your family. And you see the numbers of athletes that are, you know, uh, I believe making a practice squad in the NFL, uh, the minimum is $5,900 a month or mm -hmm. no, $5,900 a week. So you can make six figures at the lowest end of the NFL as a, as like the worst player is making six figures on a practice squad that's not wow. yeah. playing yeah. Wow. for the year. Um, and you know, naturally if you're gonna improve, you're gonna make more. So that more people I think are able to affect 
their lifestyle and their family's lifestyle if they invest time in uh, playing uh, one of those sports. And also, I think kind of like an availability kind of thing, like you can go anywhere and find in, in California and find a AYSO league for to play soccer. Baseball is everywhere. Um, football is readily available, accessible, and affordable for your, for your kids to play. Um, it's naturally played in in, um, in, in parks and mm-hmm. schools, and it's integrated into the quote-unquote system very well. And it's not as easy, like you don't see kids out, well, you do see kids now, but you don't see a lot of kids everywhere playing CrossFit sure. at, at recess. Or um, not that I know you really want to see that. I mean, it's just, it's, it's different. Um, and I think it's going to take time uh, for this sport to flesh out and really spread out and see who wants to be involved and who doesn't. And uh, thinking about this question more, like I don't know how important it is to have that kind of like balance or divide. Like I think uh, the sport, I wonder why the people that ask that wonder that. Like I wonder mm-hmm, what, mm-hmm. what feels... You. Like, why is that necessary? I think, uh, the, I think the, the, the underlying commentary is perhaps that it's like intentionally there's a, like exclusive. There's a pro- yeah, like they're being excluded. and There's a uh, barrier to enter or yeah, something. Yeah, or, I mean, you know, it, the, people can perceive that and say it's too expensive, but, you know, CrossFit releases free workouts every day. Um, a lot of the workouts can be done um, without with minimal amounts of equipment, and you can always change and adapt it. Like, if you really want to do it on the cheap, you can do it. Um uh, but I think that people wonder that and I just wonder what, like, what is the problem or what is the perceived problem? I would be much more interested if people were very concerned of like, hey, like, why aren't more uh, people with type 2 diabetes doing this? Or why aren't more uh, people that are older doing this? Like, why isn't, why isn't there a larger uh, majority of like our older population that are doing, cro- like, what, like, how do we get this deeper into the people who truly need it yeah and i think that would cover across race and that, that's almost a smaller issue but i think the bigger issues are um the people who actually are, are sick or or um deconditioned that need help like well, like that's the real problem um and that's what i that's what i wonder about when people ask like well, why aren't you worried about this right instead because like this this issue like we can debate that and talk about money and talk about athletes and talk about what their what their intentions are but None of us really know, and it, I don't think it really, really matters. Um, but I, I, I think that there will be more uh, of many races uh, jumping in as CrossFit spreads out because it's still fairly new. Um, it is, and I think we're still, as a company, still spreading out and um, and reaching different populations and races and countries. And uh, and as we get better at that, uh, I think more people will jump in. And this is a strange thing to say. I don't want kids to play CrossFit on the, yeah. on the play. I, I wanted I, as to soon as I said their, it, I wanted to supplement their other sports. Yeah. Sure. That's the thing. That's what I, that's another thing. It's like, I want people to still run track and mm-hmm. Absolutely. play football and not get caught into like, you know, CrossFit is my one and only sport. Like I know some people do that when, you know, good luck, but I think there's still advantages to playing stick and ball sports and, uh, traditional, um, Absolutely. being part sports, of a team, being part of a team yep. and, whatever it is, just being able to switch from one thing to another and adapt and being able to go on the basketball court and play a game and then go play soccer and understand and have your body able to do those things and not just be tied to, you know, a barbell or being inside of a gym. Like I think fitness outside, like that's, that's 
that's what it's about. You've got to still go play your sport. Mm-hmm. You know, you do, do all the deads you want. You're not going to make you a good soccer or basketball player, like we've always said. You know, yeah. this might be your strength and conditioning program to excel. And of course, it's turned into a sport, but use that to go do your sport better. Mm-hmm. Still enjoy your sport. Um, I won't make you speak to current events uh, specifically unless you're interested in doing that. But um, in light of kind of what we've been through in the last year two years are you surprised by like race stuff right now and i don't know if it matters if i am or not i'm sensitive to that but like for me i never thought that my kids would even have an inkling of some this is probably my own ignorance but i never thought my kids would have any inkling of um not any inkling that's not the right way to say it but I, i just didn't think that they would be exposed in any way shape or form to the level of division that i see currently and you obviously grew up with a completely different circumstance than Mm -hmm. i did but are you surprised or are you just sort of like no this is no i i'm not very surprised i think it's in part amplified by social media um and so smaller things very quickly can turn into big things because of the the com because of the combinations of everything we talked about about people not being able to listen uh people not knowing how to discuss things that 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 amplifies issues it takes it takes very important conversations and can take them off the rails very quickly mm-hmm. like if you're not able to have a discussion about race uh, without letting your emotions get too tied into it then you're it's it's going to be a losing argument for everybody involved because nobody can learn from each other if it's just turns into name calling and then threats and then it just it just can it can escalate out of the root uh you know to to no end um but i don't think uh it's not a surprise it's something that we all need to take more ownership and responsibility for and if we don't it'll get worse um but we i think in this day and age we have all the tools technology and and, um, resources to do the most good or most bad and it's just it's an up it's up to us to which direction we're gonna go in and i think this year we've seen um, parts of our our country and communities go off in a bad directions publicly, um, and some gone good. But I think another another issue is that it's very easy to see and fixate on the bad things that happen, and it's social it gets media. Gets a lot more press too. Social media, yeah. Social media and press and our eyes are much better at recognizing threats and problems and issues and and pains than we are at seeing like the good positive uh things that happen on an everyday basis and it doesn't get as much as much lift or attention because the the threat is more important or the potential threat or scandal or whatever you want to call it is more important or interesting than people who are actually you know doing good things i would fully agree with that for sure for i mean yeah we don't yeah we don't need to go down that rabbit hole but sometimes i just don't turn on the news because i'm like i can guess what they're going to say the names might have changed the city might be different but i'll 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 tell you what the news is going to say tomorrow it's just like but where's the yeah where's the good where's the solution where's the hey we had this really engaging interview with this person who had a different take on how this might get fixed i don't that's not it it's the it's the latest crisis that just is inflammatory and gets everyone riled up you know and it's just Mm -hmm. like okay it's uh you're just adding gas on the fire nothing's we're not trying to put the, dime, the the fire out. Yeah, as um, 
as per usual, you're very calm. And I was going to say, the guy, <laughs> the guy should be like, like a, a hostage out. negotiator, I'm in all out. honesty. <laughs> yeah. It's so logical and bigger picture and circling back to what the core is like it's a and I don't, again i don't know if that was yeah know, i mean part. i have my like my hiccups and stresses and, sure. and blow-ups too just like anybody else but it's, i think it's i try to remind myself of what's important and what we're doing as much as possible especially at work um because i see that in the news and that news is now it appears that the news is now trying to shift or guide people's uh, frustrations and, and rage in, a cer- in certain ways to their advantage. And it's very important that that we continue to like present information and tell the truth and let people do what they need to do. And I think that's that's one of our greatest responsibilities, like on, on all topics. You know what's funny is that I don't need to, like, I don't care. The podcast is going along. I don't care. It's been a fantastic podcast. But just staying topical, staying what happened. You know, we're talking about fitness, talking about performance enhancing drugs, we're talking about race, we're talking about the world. You know, we just had that shooting in Vegas just a, a few days ago, the largest thus far in U.S. history. And talking about just the bigger issues, I don't know if I told you this, but like, I, that really hit me in a really, I didn't know anyone there, you know no to have no personal connection to what happened woke up saw it in the news but i i struggled really bad for a day or two in an odd way that i didn't expect for it to happen where i was just like what am i doing with my life like there's so much bad out there that needs to get fixed we've got so many big problems and i'm going to show up to work and well i've got a great job i didn't feel like i was having the impact that i should you know and I, I went back to my days as a seal or something i'm like all right well, back then i was carrying a gun and like maybe i could feel like i was in part of some larger thing actually doing some good i'm like i'm like i wonder if i should change careers like i actually thought about that like am i am i doing what i should and then and then i was like you know what in a weird way um if i did go back and try to do that maybe i could have a small impact somewhere but like what i get to do now on crossfit in a weird way we've got a huge platform that you know be it millions of followers on, on instagram or whatnot or you know hopefully this podcast takes off and becomes wildly popular that <laughs> that if to some degree we can have interesting guests on from a wide variety of, of backgrounds and thought process and whatnot and, and we're all crossfitters so we have a common thread to bring people on the show and we'll discuss that but then we can chat about some of these other issues that are going on in the world and get people listening to this show which i hope happens and people go hey you know what that was a very logical rational yeah i didn't think of it that way so maybe in a weird way uh we can impact the world i don't i don't want to be too crazy like oh, we're gonna change the world with this podcast we can at least try you mm-hmm. know to to discuss some things that aren't the air squat and do you know why dance around some issues the world has a lot of interesting things going on it needs fitness but uh we need to fix some other things too so I hope we continue to dive into some of these topics. Yeah, I think it's important. Like I, I was watched. I watched the Vegas thing too. I actually watched it like while it was happening. I happened to be online and saw it going off on Twitter and oh really? Um, and Snapchat. And I had three friends who are all okay that live in Vegas and were very aware of the situation. Um, and saw how it was disturbing and how this how social media can work for good and bad with misinformation flying around and people trying to take advantage of the situation and people's vulnerability in that moment. Um, that's kind of like the ugly side of, of social, but it also helped people connect and communicate. And um, 
stuff like that. But to your point, like I, I think that because of what this company's the, the core of what this company stands for and its mission from a crossroad standpoint, I think we do have we do sit in a very good position to make a large impact on people. And when talking about impact, the way I think about it is we can create real change if we can make one person make a decision that's better than the decision they made the next day before. So if we can change one person's approach um, and do that again, uh, like do change one person's approach and then do it again and then do it again. I think that's when we create a community of people that are, that are like-minded in making change. And that's where you have that ripple effect. But if we just stay focused on those one-to-one relationships, I, I believe we will wake up, make a true impact um, on the world. That's exactly why we wanted to have you on the show. Love it. I love that perspective. I can't think of a better way to end a show. Agreed. No home run. Loved it. Thank you, my friend. Yeah. Hopefully we can have you back. No jingle to exit. Ba 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 ba. Haynes changing the world. (laughs) Hey everybody, thank you for listening. Just a couple more notes before you go. First, just to kind of tie this one up, it was a it was a wide ranging conversation obviously um i really liked some of the places that we went because we're friends who respect one another so we can go down somewhat controversial avenues and still have a difference of opinion or the same opinion and still come come out of the room as friends maybe with a, even a heightened awareness of the other person's point of view but to be honest the biggest thing that, that, that i came away with was not necessarily about contention but it was eye-opening when jonathan said hey even the people that are sending negative comments they have something to say that I respect and I want to listen to. Oftentimes, you you and me especially will be like, oh, yeah, you keyboard warriors will write them off. We'll assume that that person is um, either less intelligent or <laughs> just, not wor- just not worth the time to engage. But I like what he said about, especially in a role like his, you can't just write everybody off. You can't just say, hey, you're an idiot. Um, see you later. Be gone. He's got to kind of engage those things and, and assume that they're coming from a place of um, maybe they've got an honest question or maybe they, they have an honest concern. I liked along that same road what he said when I'm paraphrasing, but it was something like if somebody leaves an attacking or a mean or a stinging comment on my profile, your profile, or whoever, that it almost says more about the person who left it than the person who received it shouldn't take it quite as personally because that person... Uh, they're they're almost opening their little box of emotions of or insecurities or whatever that they felt the need for whatever reason to launch out and leave this just steaming turd on somebody else's page and i hadn't i hadn't thought about you know what does that actually mean about that person instead of just taking it as an attack so i really liked some of the ways that jonathan viewed some subjects slightly different than i did and i felt he had a bit more of a a balanced perspective. So I enjoyed it. You know, we never got into him being a college football player at Texas A&M, which is maybe for the better because I grew up as a Longhorn and it could have been, uh, you know, we could have, we could have brought up old stuff, but uh, that would have been you guys. I don't understand college football at all. So moving away from Jonathan, let's give these guys, first of all, I just think we got a big thank you to the audience because we've gotten some really cool reviews, some really cool feedback. And already, I mean, not in the hundreds, but definitely getting close to a hundred cool people who have reached out in one shape or another through Instagram, through social media, or through our new email address. Yes, we are official and fancy now. So here's the email address for the show. It is 
Pat and Row Show at CrossFit.com. So that's P A T A N D R O S H O W at CrossFit.com. Super simple. You can reach both myself and Rory through that through that account. If you have feedback to make the show absolutely incredible, or you want to say something mean about Rory, or ideally, if you know somebody who would be a fantastic guest member of the CrossFit community with a unique story to tell, you know, just adding value. We want to hear about them. Even even just tag us on social media. That's that's one of the best ways too to see that story firsthand. Um, anything goes, like Pat said. We really appreciate you guys sharing this with your friends as well, and we really appreciate also that you're kind of sticking with us. You guys are really patient. In the fact that these aren't necessarily as timely as they could be, but hopefully they're timeless until that time comes around. And we will have uh, we'll have a couple more episodes coming down the pipe before we basically get caught up on real time. And so we're we're hitting up as many stories as we can. We're getting as many stories out to you guys as we can. We love the reviews. And hey, we're not even afraid of uh, negative feedback. We both worked in the seminar world. That's how we get better. So the only thing that I think we would ask is if you have negative feedback, please tell us why. Like I don't care if you give us a one star rating, but I'd love to know why so that we can try and correct that problem if it's correctable or um, at least address your concerns because we just learned from Haynes that we need to do that. Fair enough. Yep. You know, we, we, we put it out there. We wanted to get some energy back from the old universe and so far so good. I'm loving this. All right. I know a lot of you guys are driving and a lot of you guys are listening at work or wherever you may be. So Pat and Rose show at CrossFit.com. Great way to get us. Thanks again for listening, guys. We're, we're having a blast. This is uh, definitely the highlight of my professional days when we get to do this. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace.